welcome to the Shine a Light podcast. This is Megan, and I am here with my friend Jason on Skype. So, Jason, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Brown. I am 21 years old. I'm from a small town outside of Atlanta called Lafayette, Georgia. It's about 40 miles. And I'm a sophomore, about to be a junior in college. And I'm really excited to get to talk to you, Megan. Yes, I'm excited too. Um, and Jason and I met on Twitter, which might be a whole separate podcast episode about <laughs> Twitter and how that works and fandom on Twitter. But And I know it probably sounds really weird to a lot of people, but Jason and I met because we were both fans of American Idol. And I think just yes. through Polly Melinda, Doolittle, and Michael Slezak and their tweets, I think yes. you and I probably stumbled on each other's profiles and had similar opinions. So we've been yeah. <laughs> following each other on Twitter for, I think, like four or five years now. Um, it, so, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a, it's been a while. minute. Um, but yeah, we can get into all that probably much later. Um, so, Jason, what exactly did you want to shine a light on? Um, I wanted to come on the podcast uh, because I'd like to tell my story. And I wanted to shine a light on growing as a homosexual in an environment where that wasn't really so acceptable. Yeah. Okay, so I told you when we were chatting beforehand that I'm kind of just going to let you tell your story. So where do you want to start with your story? Well, uh, okay, so people should know about me that I grew up uh, going to a Christian school. It's a, a small private Christian school, had about 300 kids in the whole school. And they had a rule where if you pay, you would be expelled. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. And I went there from first grade to 11th grade, so 11 years. And I left right before my senior year. Um, yeah. And it was crazy. It was a little bit insane. I just have to, like, stop right there because <laughs> I grew up in Michigan and just have never even heard of something like that. And I went to a private school, too. Um, yeah. So I think that's just going to be shocking to a lot of people it was like literally like talked about that that would happen uh yeah like they they gave you a uh, handbook um and it had like all these little it had all the little policies and everything and they had all section it was like you know if you're gay that's not something that we support and you will be asked to leave but this was like a really strict school like they had a dress code the one of their biggest rules was you had to have your shirt tucked in at all times, and they were strict as hell about that shirt tucking in. Yes, <laughs> but um, like they had a rule for their faculty where like the teachers couldn't be caught in public buying or drinking alcohol, and if they did, they would be fired. Like it was crazy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, at what age did you start to um, come to terms with your sexuality, or start to start to wonder maybe what, about your sexuality? Um, I feel like I always kind of knew. Okay. Um, it was never, it was something that like I, I never really had the realization. It was just kind of like a thing, but it was, if, if I had to put an age around it, I would say like about sixth grade, I started to realize, okay, like this is, yeah, like okay. I'm not really into girls. Um, so yeah, I would say about sixth grade. Okay. But I kind of knew. Yeah. And then what, so how did that rule at school make you feel knowing knowing what your school felt? Um, it was really tough. I spent, from, from, from sixth grade up until about like, the beginning of junior year, I, I hadn't told anybody. You know, it was just something that I had to hide because if, if anybody found out, it was like my whole world was going to collapse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I would get kicked out of my school while I would be out of my parents and everybody would know it would just be a whole mess. Um, so yeah, I just hit, I hit it. Okay. And, um, did you know at any point, uh, how your family felt about this? Um, yeah, like I always knew my mom would be pretty okay with it. Um, and she was when I told her, I still haven't told my dad. Um, it's not that I am like in fear of what he would do what he would say because at the end of the day like it's not really high um just never officially said like hey guess what um yeah so i haven't really told him but like i feel like if i did it would be fine mm -hmm. it's just the only reason i have is because i have no reason to like i'm in a relationship i don't attend on being in one for a hot minute so like 
I, I feel like why create waves if I don't have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as you were growing up, was there were there any role models that you had that were gay? Or anybody in media maybe that you looked up to? Um not not really, honestly. Like it was it was growing up where I grew up it, it's not very not as common of a thing. Or at least it wasn't at the time. And I really shot any role models if that makes sense like it was just kind of it was always a thing that I had to hide and I couldn't talk about and I never I never yeah okay I'm also curious if you belong to a church and if you did if if it kind of felt the same as your school did as like you couldn't tell anybody or you'd quote get in trouble quote um I did go to for a period of time, yes, um, and I felt like I had real friendships there, and I feel like most of them kind of knew, um, but I did feel like if if I told them, things would really change. Okay. There's, I feel like they were more accepting of everybody than my school was. Okay. And the thing, other thing was, my parents didn't go to church, it was just me. Okay. Like, I went with, I went with some neighbors, and so, you know, they weren't really involved in that so yeah it was cool okay so at what age did you come out um i the first person that i told was somebody at my school i told a friend we went they took us on these little retreats and on one of the retreats i just felt really compelled to tell one of my friends so i told her and i didn't know it but at the time i didn't find this out until like two years after i had left the school and after I had already graduated, she told everybody night. And that really started to lead to, like, a lot of the things that we'll cover later that I went through when I was in high school. Um, but, yeah, I told her. Um, and the next day, I told another friend. And the other friend that I told, I still have to this day. And she was completely with it. She's really, she helped me through a lot of coming to terms with who I am and, like, accepting myself and, and living in my truth. Was it really hard to do to come out to your two friends? Yeah, it was. Yeah, like the it was one of those things I kind of danced around saying it and, and, and just kind of let them listen. And then when they said like, "Oh, so you're gay?" Like, "Yeah, girl, I am." <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was really difficult. You know, I had never told anybody at that point, so it was like it was it was like telling them I had to admit it to myself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was difficult. Okay. And and it was difficult trusting them because I didn't like the last thing I wanted was for it to get out, which it did. Yeah. So tell me more about that. Basically I told her and we were at this camp and she went and uh, told everybody else like in her little cabin and they told the rest of my book. The class only had like 20, 25 people in it. And so eventually everybody knew the faculty started to find out, but of course they couldn't do anything about it because it didn't come from my mouth. You know, but so everybody in my class found out, a bunch of the faculty found out at the school and I started being, I started getting treated a lot differently than everybody else. Like people would kind of dance around it. Um, I had people outright ask me and I'd be like, oh, what? Of course. No, no. And were you just saying, (laughs) were you just kind of denying it because you didn't want to get expelled? Yeah. 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 I didn't want to deal with the, uh, the. You can yeah, swear I, on here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to deal with the bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So if, but it, like that, this was my junior year. That was probably the hardest year I've had because I was, a big portion of my time at the school was spent in drama class. Mm-hmm. And our drama department only had like eight students in it. And we spent a lot of time together. We would have rehearsals every week during productions. We would, we would have like whole weeks that we spent together. We went to Disney World together, like all of this stuff. Um, yeah, so everybody in that class found out. They all treated me like shit. The teacher, the teacher, treated me like hell. She actively targeted me the whole the whole entire year, um, and basically made my life a living hell. Like it was just when I tell you, it was a toxic environment for me. I have, I mean, I have never experienced anything like that in my life. And every single week there would be something else. Some, some 
drama. Somebody didn't want to be around me. So, you know, people excluding me. Um, we went to Disney World, and we this. Uh, I was with this group of girls, and we all took this picture together and matching. Uh, and matching like making house ears, right? And uh, she posted the pic. I posted the picture on my Instagram, and she put it up on her Instagram, but cropped me out of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and. Uh, it was, it was like everybody, you know, they all had their little best friends, and then no one really claimed me. Like, I was just also kind of there. And it didn't help that, like, you know, I was already going through, like, you know, not really accepting myself and having self-esteem issues and all this different stuff. And we had this one production in drama class, and, like, I was having such a hard time with it because I was the lead. And I was having such a hard time with it, and I couldn't get my lines and treated like hell. For it the whole time that we were that we were doing that it was awful but this now that like i know that, that this was all happening yeah that see that's crazy to me because i feel like that's the place where usually people can feel the most themselves is like drama club that's, that's the it, stories you hear i feel like most of the time at least yeah and i did it for three years and the first two years were great and then the, the teacher that was doing it she was cool she left um and left us with this other lady and the other lady was the one that led the charge, I think, to, to really make my life complicated, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was just a really toxic time in my life. Like, yeah, it was bad. So did you have anybody that you were, um, that you could confide in, that you could trust at that time? Yeah, I mean, I had a, there were a couple people who, like, you know, we were friends, but it was always kind of a surface-level thing. Yeah. And, you know, the, the girl that I had said before that I had told and that I'm friends with today, you know, she was, she was really in my corner, but, like, there was only so much she could do right. without being ostracized by everybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, that's did your mom know yet at this point? No, I didn't talk to her after, after I graduated. Okay, so you were dealing with this kind of on your own. Yeah. That really, Absolutely. like, no adults stepped in for you. Mm-mm. No, no one said it for me, That's and uh, it was just, it was horrible. And the the thing that really bothered me about this school was that two years prior, my freshman year, um, a person really close with took his own life. He also went to school. He was in my class. He was in drama, and he took his own life. And I, you know, I thought that after that happened, like you know, everything would change. People would start being you know, really nice to each other, and the faculty would do everything they could to make sure that, like, you know, we all felt included and accepted and loved after that, which I'm sure he had other stuff going on. Like, it was not because of what happened at the school, but, like, you know, it just, it really messed with my mind for, like, a good three years. And I know you're a big fan of music, and obviously, like, Twitter and, and online social platforms. Do you feel like maybe part of the reason you got so into music and stuff is because of the, this experience? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, when I was in high school, as you mentioned before, American Idol was, like, a big, big thing that I was obsessed with. Um, so I kind of used that as, a, as an escape from, you know, what I was go through on a daily basis and I feel like that's a lot of the reason why I'm so invested today in like my artists because like I don't know a lot of that just got me through such a difficult time in my life yeah and I when I when you and I first were kind of introduced on Twitter I don't think you were publicly out yet and not that you have to like shout it from right. the rooftops I just don't don't recall you ever you ever tweeting about it so did you ever date girls or did you just kind of not date at all at that point um yeah i i had a relationship for two weeks when i was in eighth grade <laughs> yeah it's like if that does, even so. counts <laughs> yeah it was with a girl but like it yeah it was we never like went on a date we only saw each other in school at lunch because we were in different grades it was like it was weird yeah yeah <laughs> okay let's but, go back to the timeline then so did it come to a point with all that kind of bullying or ostracizing that you were going through that it that it blew up? What happened? Um, it never really blew up. Blew up. It just got to a point where like it was such a toxic environment for me. I didn't feel like I could count on anybody 
to be there for me. I didn't feel like, I just felt really, really alone. Mm-hmm. And I was alone. And this was like at the end of my 11th grade year, I just told my mom, I said, like, I don't know if I can do this again. Because the girl who I was really close with, she actually was going to leave the school. Um, and had I gone back, I would have, I would have been totally alone. I didn't have any friends in my class. Um, it, it, it was just going to be awful. So I told my mom, I said, you know, I don't think I want to go back. I don't want to do this. And she was like, well, you know, you need to finish out your senior year or whatever. Um, and at that point I had this other friend who I had met, um, that I was spending most of my summer with her and her mom actually came to my mom and said, listen, you need to take him out of this school. Like, this is not a good situation. It's very toxic. You know, he's been telling us some of the stuff that happened, and it, you just need to take him out. And she said, okay. So she took me out of the school, and I left before my senior year. Okay. So you went to a different school then? Yeah, I went to a public school. Okay. And was it better I, there? I had, well, it was all different. Okay. And I had never been in a public school before. Um, so I went in there on day one, you know, coming from a school of, like, 200, 300 kids, and there were... 200 or 300 in my class um, alone, you know, a couple, maybe three or 4,000 in school. That's an exaggeration. Probably like 1,000, 1,500 in the school. But, so it was different. And like, I had to really, really adapt to my new environment. Um, But the thing was, I went into that school saying like, okay, you know, I'm done with this bullshit. I'm done with who I am. I'm just going to go in there and be me, and that's just how it's going to go. And the other part about it was, at that point of my senior year, so I had been accepted into a dual enrollment program online. Um, so a lot of my classes I was doing were online, so I only had to do half a day at the school every day. Okay. So I got to leave at like noon, and I went to go work and do my online classes. So I didn't really spend much time there. But the time that I did spend there, I made friends. like, And, and they were people who actually they didn't like me be- for some facade, but, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, you know, I lost contact with some of them when I graduated, but the, the ones that I didn't, like the ones that I'm still in contact with are some of my best friends. Like I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. But overall a, a good decision to move. Yeah. Leaving, that school was the best decision I've made. Like, I really feel like that was God working in my favor. Mm-hmm. You know, he saw that, like, you know, this was not a good situation, and he's, he's been through a lot of this place, and he knew it was just time, it was my time to go. And I'm so glad that I did, because if I hadn't, I, I don't know where I would be today if I hadn't made that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't have the, the most of the friends that I have now, I wouldn't be able to do the things that I want to do had I not done that. So I'm, I'm still, like, I look back on it, and I think it was such a good decision to make. Yeah. You just mentioned God, and that you believe that God played a role in this. So you do have a faith. I think it's yes. important to point that out. Okay. Um, Absolutely. Is it, is it difficult to remain faithful when there's a lot of, I don't know how to word this question, when there's a lot of um, people who in the, in the church who maybe aren't as accepting of people who are gay? Yeah, absolutely. And my belief is that there's a difference between Christians and people who passionately pursue God, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, like, it's to me, though. I feel like the church, you know, it's not really a place where you can go to feel, to feel validated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're looking to go and meet people who are going to love you, you, that you're going for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Um, my relationship with God is personal. It's a very personal thing. I talk to God, you know, about what I'm going through, and I have my little app on my phone for my for my devotions and everything, and I feel like my relationship with God is nobody else's business. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that that's a, a misconception, is that, that gay people can't have a relationship with God because, you know, homosexuality has been defined as a sin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But 
you know, I'm I'm very much under the belief that he who is without sin casts the first stone. Um, and my relationship with God, I don't think that me being gay affects that. We sin every day. Everybody sins every day. Right. We break each one of the Ten Commandments every single day. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, you know, it's nobody else's business. Right. No, I just think it's important to share that because I feel like there's been a lot of talk about um, the church, Catholic churches, Christian churches, and that they're not always welcoming of all people. So I think it's important to share that you do have a relationship with God and you have your own unique faith, and it doesn't have to mean going physically to church. Yeah, absolutely. That's not to say that, like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel fine stepping foot in a church. Like, I'll go to a church service, whatever, but, like, right. I don't feel like I have to go, you know, regularly sit in the pews with all those people who are going to judge every decision I make, mm-hmm. you know. Right. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I get it. Um, okay, so once you finished your senior year, what happened next? Um, I graduated. I had probably the best summer of my life. Um, you know, I worked, I started going to concerts regularly um, with my friends, and I spent time with people who accepted me for me. And in the fall, um, I started college. I did kind of, uh, I did kind of a light semester because my mom had to have surgery on her neck, and so I spent a lot of that semester taking care of her. And, um, after that semester, I transferred to a different school and, and kind of started grinding at college. Okay. Yeah. And how has, um, college life been for you? College life is weird. It's <laughs> odd. I don't, I don't have many friends at the school that I go to. That's not to say that, like, the people that I go to school with are bad or whatever. I just don't spend much time there. <laughs> or I try to spend it. I don't, I don't particularly enjoy college. And that's just because I don't really enjoy studying. <laughs> but I take it very seriously. Like, I, I want to succeed. I want to graduate. But, like, yeah. I Call it call just whatever. I spend most of my time at work. So yeah. I have, yeah, I don't really have the time to, to I don't live at college. I commute. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. What, um, what are you studying specifically? Or what do you think you want to do? Um. As of right now, it's this, uh, my major is business with concentration in marketing. Um, with, if all goes well, I'm about a year and a half from graduating. And then I haven't decided what I want to do when I graduate yet. There's a, there's a thought of going to law school, but I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so that's the plan for now. It's just to graduate and then, and then see where life takes me after that. Awesome. Um, just know that it'll probably change <laughs> yeah. uh, what you want to do. So don't, yeah, don't get too hard on yourself if, if it changes. Because my major was child development, and I work in like the public health field. So it changes. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel you. Okay, so, so that's kind of where you are now. Is there anything you want to say about kind of where you are with things now before I ask some other questions? Uh, yeah, you know, we all go through our our days where we don't feel so hot, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I consistently feel so grateful and so thankful for everything that I've gone through, everything. I would, you know, at the end of the day, those people at that school, you know, I'm, I'm glad I had to go through that, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful that that happened, because if that had not happened, I wouldn't be where I'm at, and for the most part, I do feel like I'm in a good place, you know don't really like my job. <laughs> Wish I wasn't in school anymore. I'm over school, but I'm very grateful I get to go to work. I'm grateful I get to go to school. I'm great with people in my life. And yeah, okay. that's just how I feel. I'm grateful for the things that I get to do. You know, I've had some experiences that are, that I still can't believe it happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm very thankful. Right. Very thankful. Okay. I have a few other questions for you. Um, one is that a few weeks ago you had posted on Twitter that someone called you some pretty derogatory names. Yep. Do you, are you open to sharing what happened? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I was at work. Um, I work in a gas station, um, but it's a Kroger gas station, which I don't know if you have Kroger. You're in Michigan, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a big grocery store 
you know, you probably have some version of it wherever, wherever you're at listening or, yes. or <laughs> wherever. But, um, yeah, so I work at a gas station at Kroger. Um, sometimes I take shifts inside the store to make some extra cash. Um, and this particular day I was working inside of the store at the self-checkout. And a woman, an old woman, called me a faggot and a queer. Um, because I was trying to assist her with what she needed to, with what she needed. And apparently I wasn't doing it quickly enough. And so when I walked away, she called me the Q word. And when I called her on it, she went and complained um, to the person that was working customer service and just shed the other word while she was up there. She didn't say it in front of me. And it, um, it kind of broke me. Mm -hmm. Um, that whole week after was very, very difficult. It was very difficult going into work and being there. Um, that really just broke my spirit. I really felt demoralized because of what happened. And, you know, it's very easy to say, like, you know, don't let what that lady said affect you. And, you know, she's just a mean old bitch. Which she is a mean old bitch. Let's put that straight. That lady is a mean old bitch. <laughs> It's very easy to say, like, you know, don't let that affect you. But when when a word is said like that about me, you know, slash to me, it's a whole other ball game. So it really broke me. Um, there's not really like a conclusion to that. It just it no, really messed with my head. So unnecessary for somebody to like. I don't even want to have to ask you to explain to the audience like why people shouldn't use those terms. But I feel like. Just for people listening who may not quite get it, can you explain why? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just the most derogatory term that you can call a gay person or a member of the LGBTQ community. It's, it's, it's like if you call a black person the N-word. Mm-hmm. And that's my opinion. I don't, you know, that's my opinion. I feel yeah. like it's just the most derogatory term that you can say to a member of the LGBTQ community because it specifically attacks them because they're gay. Like, it's specifically a tax for something that they cannot, in my opinion, control. Right. I don't feel like I chose to be a homosexual. Why would I do that? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. That and, and that argument is so... It's so infuriating and ignorant, in my opinion, because why, why would anybody choose that? You know? Why would I choose to be ostracized for that? Why would I choose to have some old lady call me that in the store? Why would I choose... To have to deal with, you know, people at the Westboro Baptist Church saying, well, I'm going to go to hell. You know what I mean? I'm with it, you. I don't understand do how that? people can say that either. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. just completely ignorant. But, yeah, so that's why I feel like it's, uh, it affected me like that. Okay. And how did other people support you during that? I mean, um, when I told her what happened, she was really upset about it. And, you know, she, she kept, like, checking in on me, especially if I would be at work or whatever. And she saw, she saw how much that affected me. She, um, it really worried her how much that affected me. And the people at work were like, you know, I'm sorry that happened. That's really shitty. But, you know, there's only so much I can say. Mm-hmm. You know? And well, the- that's, that was what I was kind of getting at, is as somebody who's straight, like, what are the, wh- how can a straight person kind of support you during like what are the right things to do I guess I mean you know it it shows just showing that you care mm-hmm. number one is it's just the most basic thing that you can do and when I tweeted what I tweeted because I tweeted that and then I just kind of I took a break from my phone I didn't really want to talk to anybody um but when I tweeted that, you know, I got a, I got a ton of messages of support. People who were coming out of the woodwork, you know, saying like, hey, are you okay? I'm sorry that happened. That's really shitty. So, you know, just just showing that you care. That's, that's like the main thing. You know, check in on the person. You know, ask them how they're doing. You know, lift them up any way that you can. Yeah. Okay. And I think in general, I kind of want to hear from you, like, what can straight allies do for the LGBTQ community? Yeah, absolutely. Straight allies, the main thing that you can do is just use your voice. You know, 
when when you see people out there saying things like, you know, being gay, you're gonna go to hell, you know, calling saying the f word, saying the, you know all these other derogatory terms, you know, just use your voice and say that's unacceptable, that's not okay, that's a person, that's a person with feelings. Um, yeah, you know, just speak up when you can, and that goes for, you know, that can apply to so many different circumstances. If you see people being racist. You know, speak up about that. Don't don't entertain that because that, you know, just just use your voice for the best the, the best way that you can, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Okay. Are there any um, organizations or advocacy groups that you follow that you would recommend people looking into? Yeah, yeah. When I um, when you know how like on Facebook, when it's your birthday, you can say like, "It's my birthday. I'm donating to a little charitable yeah. cause or whatever." For my birthday, I donated the Trevor Project, and I looked up, I you know, I read up on it, I, I, I read up what that project is, and basically, it is um, an organization that supports LGBT youth, um, and they have, like, a lifeline, as, you know, if, if you're going through a lot, you can call them or reach out to them, and they'll help you any way they can, so, yeah. Okay. Um, so... I want you to kind of think back to the teenage you that was dealing with all the bullying and drama, and what would you tell somebody who might be going through that right now? Hmm. God. My main thing would be, you can never let anybody tell you who you're going to be. You know what I mean? You were born... You know, you have a purpose. God made you to be you. And you can't let anybody try to steer you in a direction that you don't want to go in. You can't let anybody tell you like, oh, you, you can't do you can't be this way. You need to you need to to change. Don't change yourself for anybody else because at the end of the day, you'll look back and you'll regret that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if you're in that position where you're having to hide who you are, the best thing that you can do is to find somebody, find the right person who you trust and let them know what you're going through. And hopefully things will go better for you than they went for me. But the main thing is just to tap it out. You know what I mean? You know, just tap it out because at the end of the day, you'll get five years down the line and be like, oh my God, God, like that was the best thing that could have happened. Yeah, I, I tapped it out and look where I'm at now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the phrase, it gets better, was overused for a little while, but it's so true. Yeah. It really absolutely. does get better. Like there is. I really tried to not say it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. It was like the buzz phrase for a while. Yeah. Um, but it, it really is true. It, yeah. it really, really is true. You never know where life is going to take you. You never know. Can you speak to how important it is that um, young people who may be identifying as gay, lesbian, um, have role models in the media? Yeah. Um, I wish I had had somebody else I could have looked up to. Or I wish I had somebody who I tried to look up to. Um, who was gay. Um, you know, you look at somebody like Ellen DeGeneres who really, she, it was like the biggest risk for her to come out of the closet and she did it and she's one of the most successful people out there today because she lives authentically her. Um, and I just feel like it's so important in our society for that to become normalized and I feel like it, we've taken a lot of steps towards that but we need to get to a place where you can have like for instance, an openly gay presidential candidate and, and not be like, oh, he's the gay one. You know what I mean? It, it's, you know, he's a presidential candidate and that's how it should be. You know, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, have to be a thing. Right. No, I see what you're saying. Um, you, so in your email, we, you talked a little bit about misconceptions about, you know, homosexuality, I think in general. Do you have any that you wanted to share? Um, yeah, the, you know, there are common misconceptions. Um, people think that it's just so easy to hide who you are. It's not. Like, 
it really it really takes a toll on you after a while. And that's not to say like I was out there, you know, trying to trying to get a boyfriend, trying to date, and all that stuff. Because I I don't feel like that's even it. It's just it's difficult to be in an environment where you're having to hide who you are because you don't know, like if God forbid, some find out what what that can mean for you. And it just it it really wears you down after a little while. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a misconception. People think, oh, well, okay, we'll just don't tell anybody. That's it. No, it's not like that. Because people people pick up on on little things, mannerisms, you know. Pe- people overanalyze that, and eventually someone will find out. And it's just, it's kind of like you're waiting on the other shoe to drop. And it just, it, it takes a toll on you after a little while. Yeah, which I think is why we have to be so compassionate and celebrate folks when they do come out because it's a big deal to do that it's hard it's hard to come out it's hard to hide it but it's hard to come out too yeah absolutely it's very hard it is very hard it's not like you just walk in the room and say hey by the way gay yeah no that's not how it goes like when i did it there were a lot of tears involved it was it was not something it was like it was a build-up mm-hmm. you know what i mean and when you're there it's like i couldn't even speak like my, my heart was beating so fast. and You know how you get when your chest is really tight and you can't talk? Yeah. Yeah, that was how it was. And it yeah. was just, yeah, it's difficult. It's a very difficult thing. Yeah. And then afterwards, it's like, okay, well, how did they receive that? Like, are they going to go and run their mouth to everybody possible? Which she did. Let's, right. let's get that straight. She did. I didn't know, but she did. Yeah. And I, I don't fault her for that. Right. Like, I think, I don't think that when she did that, it was like, Sorry, I feel like I'm saying like a lot. No, you're I don't fine. think that when she did that, it was a malicious intent. I just feel like it came from a place of immaturity, deep immaturity, that she needed to work on with herself. And she didn't realize the repercussions that would come from her doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's really unfortunate. But as a plan, that was part of the plan. And it is what it is. I forgive her. You know, I still talk to her sometimes. She's got a baby now. You know, yeah. <laughs> like she's she's great. You know, I I like her. I was I was friends with her for a reason, but yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, as yes, it was horrible that she did that. But I think you're right that it was a teenage girl who had a secret that she wanted to share with other people. <laughs> yeah, um, which is unfortunate because it, it was, was it was like it was going to elevate her. Yes. Um, you know, socially and be like, oh, she got some tea. Yeah. That's that before you know the word tea was <laughs> a thing. Yeah. But. And the other thing was, too, it was kind of difficult because at the time, when I was there, there was another boy in my class who, who did come out, like, publicly, everybody knew, and he was, like, completely shunned. Did he get expelled? Um, he didn't get expelled. Okay. At the end of the year, he was asked to leave. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but people treated him completely differently. It was just very awkward. That hurts my heart to hear that because... I sometimes feel like we've made really great progress, and then I hear mm-hmm. stories like that, and it just makes me feel like maybe we haven't. <laughs> but another thing, too, that kind of really got to me was that he, um, you know, he and I were were friends, but it was very, it was shallow, and I feel like with him it was like, because he knew, with him it was like a competition. Like, there could only be one gay person in this class, and I'm going to shine you you know what I mean yeah and he did not support me at all at all that's unfortunate yeah it it was unfortunate because I feel like we we really could have made progress you know what I mean yeah it's also interesting that the way that works I'm sure there's some yeah psychological things behind that for sure yeah Um, which you know he's he's forgive him too you know he's out there killing it um you know, we don't really talk at all, but he, um, yeah, I forget him. So I, I feel like you told me that you are Gen Z, but you consider yourself a millennial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because yeah. I'm technically a millennial too, although I'm one of the older millennials. Um, and I do feel like our, the millennials and the Gen Zers are more open 
but then I hear stories like yours and I think maybe they're not as open as I thought they were. But do you feel like our generations are doing a little bit better of a job of being uh, more well, open? Well, let me start by saying this. I am technically Gen Z, <laughs> but I consider myself a millennial because, you know, Gen Z eats Tide Pods. Yeah. And I eat no damn Tide Pod, thank you. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I definitely do. I definitely do. And you gotta remember, a lot of the things that I went you know, I live in the South, um, and I feel like it's a lot different down here um, due to the way people are raised. That's probably so I'm not true. saying like there's anything wrong with being in the South, but right. the South tends to be more conservative, mm-hmm. um, you know, and look, more looked down upon minorities, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's probably... That's but probably I definitely think so. Okay. I would like to think so. Yeah. You know, if you even like, even if you look on, or, you know, these kids who were in the Parkland shooting using their voices. Yes. You know, people our age just speaking up for what they believe. I think it's so positive and so powerful. And eventually, I think we're going to get to a point as a society where our generation is going to out for the generation of people who who seem to have issues. With, yeah, I was going to bring that. up the whole use your voice thing because I feel like when I was in high school. I was almost afraid to have an opinion because I was very much a people pleaser. So I just kind of went with what everybody else thought and said, sure, that's that's what I believe. But I yeah. feel like the generation that's in high school now are very open about what they believe and they're kind of on Twitter being advocates for different things. So has, is that something that you've absolutely. seen too? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I feel the exact same way. You know, when I was in high school, I was it was very like, oh, okay, I, I believe everything my parents believe. Like... Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all Republicans, so am I. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm Republican. Bush, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, but I feel like this generation that's coming out now definitely have more of their own opinions, mm-hmm. and I think that's such a positive thing. And I, you know, whenever I I have a child one day, I'm gonna tell them like, hey, you know, you need to form your own opinion about what's going on. If that doesn't align up with my opinion, that's perfectly fine. That's that's awesome. In fact, I encourage that. Right. You know, not on everything, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, there's a line. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think it is the most positive thing, and I I really I really I can't stress enough. I think that's fantastic. Great. Um. Okay. So maybe some more fun questions now, um, and we might go back into some of the other stuff, but again, we've mentioned this, but you are a huge fan of music. So can you tell me some some of the artists that you really like and maybe kind of like why you, why you've chosen to listen to their music or what, what about them draws you to them? Oh God. How much time do we have? (laughs) You could go on Uh, yeah, go on and on. Yes, girl. My two favorites are Adele and Beyonce. Those will always be always be my two favorites. Adele, Adele is ethereal. She is everything. And I feel like her music speaks to me on a level that is just, like the, her 21 album is, is revolutionary. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it is everything. Um, I saw her in 2016, as, as did you. Yes. You're one of the few. Um, that show was something else, huh? Yeah, I honestly like walked out like that. Truly felt like I it was a religious experience. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, at that point, I didn't really. Sometimes I cry at concerts now, but like at that point, I had never cried at a concert, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it was, but the minute she came on stage, I started like sobbing. I know. Sobbing. I I have a video saved in my Snapchat of like <laughs> her her coming up from the floor for hello and me just like ugly crying yeah she is everything and i i'm ready for her new album where is it at well i think it's coming because she well i hate to say this but she just got divorced recently (laughs) and Mm -hmm. she she posted on instagram on her birthday of like some something hinting that there's new music coming she said it was gonna be like drum and bass i'm like okay yeah (laughs) okay boo boo bring it (laughs) yeah she is amazing and when I saw that you were going, I was like, oh, my God, like, we yeah, are the elite. And by <laughs> chance, because we didn't get tickets and, like, the you had to, like, wait in line on Ticketmaster, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and we didn't get them. And then my friend ended up getting extras. So we, we got in by chance, but it was. Um, I ended up sitting in a handicap, um, a handicap, like, a company seat. Okay. 
that somebody had stolen on eBay, but a bitch was in the building. Sister, <laughs> yes, ma'am. I was there. <laughs> Saw oh. Del. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Um, Beyonce's fantastic. I've seen her four times. Love I have her. yet to see her. Oh, my God. The Formation Tour was... I can't even begin to describe it. It was uh, it was such a spectacle. I, I, I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. She is everything. Yeah. Um, I kind of came Taylor to the Swift. Beyonce game late. Like, I always liked Beyonce. Like, I don't know many people who don't. Um, yeah. But I didn't really become a fan until... Is that the album name, Formation? The one that... Uh, Lemonade. 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Lemonade. Are you, are you a Taylor Swift fan? Yes. She's probably my all-time favorite. She and Kelly Clarkson. Cool. Yeah, Taylor Swift, the way that she writes her songs, she's amazing. Saw her for the Reputation Tour recently. Yep. Um, It was an amazing show. So good. Do you know Tori Kelly? Yes, and I know you're a big fan of her. I don't know a lot about her, but I know you're a big fan. Listen, I'm going to just speak to your listeners for a minute. If you don't know who Tori Kelly is, please... Please do yourself a favor and listen to literally any of her songs. You can pick any one. Um, she's amazing. She is absolutely amazing. She is the real deal. Um, her vocal ability, she's probably one of the best vocalists out there right now, in my opinion. Yeah, she's Love very her. underrated. People like don't know who she is, which blows my mind, but she's very good. Which is weird because, you know, she's a Scooter Braun. She's Scooter Braun manages her. And, like, all of his artists are huge. Yeah. I don't um, think she gets enough attention. But maybe that's but, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of not mad about it, though. Like, yeah. I'm kind of cool with the fact that she's still a fairly small artist. Because right. it means that her beating great prices are cheap. <laughs> yeah. I've met her um, I've met her three times now. That's awesome. Seen her, I want to say, six or seven. I can't quite remember. But, like, anytime she's in town... I'm there. Yeah. Trust. Um, just name a couple more. I love Ariana Grande. She's kind of, she's kind of the biggest one right now in music, I believe. Yeah, she's um, great. Met her before. Amazing. Amazing. I'm seeing her June 8th. Yes, girl. June 8th. Uh, I, I really wanted to see her when she ritual. was in Detroit, but tickets were just so expensive. I couldn't do Yes, that. they were. Yeah. I definitely... Use part of my tax return for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yes, girl, we'll be in the building June 8th. Love her. Love Katy Perry. Because um, we both just really like yeah. music. And I feel like the state of pop music right now is really is really thriving. You know what I mean? We have some really cool artists out right now, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, well, people who don't like music, sorry that you just had to listen to all that. But it, it is fun. what it is. It was fun know? for me. Um, you brought up Snapchat, so just real quick, I wanted to touch on social media. Um, do you, you like social media a lot, right? Like, you're yeah. pretty active. What are what are the main platforms that um, people your age are using? Uh, the main, well, the main one I believe is Twitter. Okay. Well, okay. Twitter and Instagram kind of go back and forth. The main one I use is Twitter. Okay. I love Twitter. Um, you know, even if we have an orange lunatic in the White House tweeting every day, but it's yeah. fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> won't go into that one. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, love Twitter. Um, you can you can find me on Twitter underscore. Do you guys get the underscore at the beginning? It's underscore Jason Brown twenty one. I'm on there. I I used to tweet a lot more than I do now. Um, I really try on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Twitter. I do too. I I. Twitter can be toxic, I feel like, sometimes, but I think yeah. it's the easiest way to get the news and to find out what's going on and to kind of get involved advocacy-wise is Twitter's mm-hmm. a really easy way to do that. Yeah, I agree. And I love, like, I, at the end of the day, I really do like seeing other people's opinions on things, mm-hmm. seeing if they line up with my own. Okay, I think those are pretty much the questions I had. Was there anything else that you wanted to say before we wrap up? Forgot to give you my Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, Jason with two N, Brown with one N. I'm on there too. I post a lot of concert videos. If y'all want to look at some concert stuff, here I am. I do appreciate you posting that because sometimes it's concerts that I want to go to. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I really a lot of it for me on Instagram is kind of like I'll be able to look up, look back on it, and mm-hmm. you know, in time, and be like, oh, okay, these were some nice little videos I took. 
So I really try to take some videos at the coffee shop I go to and put them up just so I can have them. Right. And, like, if I, you know, sit the house on my phone or whatever, or, like, you know, God forbid I lose all my stuff, I'll still have them up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share before I ask my last two questions? I think I'm good. Okay. Um, so one of the things that I have people do is build somebody up. So my dad always used to tell us to build each other up, don't tear each other down. And so I ask all my guests to give me somebody in their life that they want to give a shout out to, um, somebody that supported you or somebody that's going through a hard time right now, really whoever you want to build up. Um, I would like to build up, first of all, my mom, uh, it was just her birthday on the 15th. She had Mother's Day and her birthday this week and I love my mom. My mom is, like, the main person in my life. I don't know what I would do without her. Love my mom. So, obviously, I have to say her. Um, Well, I think we can kind of wrap up there. So, um, Jason, I want to thank you for coming on and and sharing and being so open about your story. And I'm really glad that things have gotten better for you and that you are comfortable with who you are and you seem to be in a really good place now. Yeah, and I, I really want to thank you for having me on the podcast. It was kind of, it was kind of cathartic talking about it. Good, I <laughs> if hope I'm so. being honest. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that I got to come on and and, uh, and talk, and I hope your listeners continue to to listen to it and support you because I think you know I listen to some of the older uh, podcasts, I listen to your Melinda interview and everything. I think this is a great a great podcast, great thank concept you. and everything. Thanks. And uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, you should be really excited with what you got here. Thank you. And people can follow uh, Jason on Twitter and Instagram. I'll put his usernames in the notes. But if you have follow-up questions for him or just want to reach out to him, feel free to do that. Yeah, please. All right. Thank you, Jason.